Hey, hi, hello, hi. Hey, it's me, it's me, Jeff, from Jeff Has Cool Friends. You saw the title of the show. Uh, boy, I, I, someday I will figure out how to introduce a podcast, and today is not that day. I am very excited to bring my very, very cool friend and guest here. Uh, she is a very, very talented illustrator and animator and one of my very cool friends. Let's give it up for the fantastic Tara Nicole Whitaker, everyone. Woo! I introduced you like you're at a stand-up show. <laughs> well, I appreciate the introduction. Thank you so much for having me here, Jeff. I'm super excited. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm really excited. Like The fact that you were like, yes, I would do that. I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, oh, great. Thank you. Um, you are uh, you are incredibly talented uh, and, and you have this very, very interesting, uh, you know, like line of work that you do. And I really want to know more about this because I am incredibly stupid when it comes to animation. Uh, as much as I love animation, you know, I sort of live in this world, but in a secondary way uh, and you live in it in a primary way. So I'm very excited about that. Yes, I'm completely obsessed with animation. I've, you know, something I've wanted to do since I was a little kid. I've always been really passionate about the arts and music. And to me, film and animation is sort of like a combination of all the wonderful things that we can make as artists and as humans. We have music, we have dance, and all those things can be incorporated into animation. Are you from the Los Angeles area uh, originally? I'm originally from New York, from Brooklyn, and I moved to Pennsylvania when I was a kid. So the hotbed of animation. The hotbed of animation. That's why you wanted. You're like, I got a fantasy. (laughs) What part of uh, of Pennsylvania? Uh, In the Pocono area. Oh, okay. Ooh, nice little little not the hills. Uh, yeah, well, I grew up in that whole area where, you know, they have the heart-shaped bathtubs and like, oh. Lover's Resort. Uh, beautiful, beautiful area. Lots of great skiing. Too. V- very, very uh, dirty dancing location vibes very there. Very much so. Do you, do you miss winter, by the way? Or I do. I miss yeah. I miss skiing and snowboarding. And not that I can't do that out here, but I do miss the but Pennsylvania you can't. area. Like you can, but like, it's kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially because we're recording this at the start of summer the official start of summer and it is hot as in the southern california area so i do sort of miss the seasons uh in there uh, so oh okay yeah i already i already started to 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 ask you that interview stuff and we'll get in there but so we have an interesting we met in a car which is a weird way to meet people not the not an exclusive way i was an uber driver i've met a lot of people in my car but we were uh, we were going, it was me, my friend Lisa, and my friend Kevin, and you, and we were all going to a comedy night at Largo mm-hmm. and and to lunch, and I uh, originally thought that you did not like me. What? I did. Are you kidding? Why? Uh, I think it's because I feel like I might be too much no. sometimes, and, and afterwards I was like, I was like, did she not, was I too much? And she's like, no, that's, that's it's I was not, probably it's, just quiet because I'm kind of shy with new people. But then once you get to know me, I won't shut up about the X-Files and like. that. Well, that's not Star so Trek. bad because we can, we can talk, we can talk <laughs> about those things. All, yeah. Because you are a huge nerd. Yes. Uh, and, and that's very fun to see because in animation, obviously the talent is, is an important, is, it's a little important <laughs> to be talented in animation. But beyond that too, that like fandom that like ardent fervor Mm -hmm. of wanting to be a part of something like this and wanting to create so you do have some specific fandoms x-files star Mm -hmm. trek what else um definitely obsessed with baby yoda right now i think like a lot of people are i have a whole collection that's steadily growing so i'm gonna have to figure out what to where to where to put all those yeah that's a that's a bit of a problem isn't it yeah Yeah. that that could (laughs) see 
There's a lot of stuff. You know, it's funny is we were given a a piece of uh, paperwork saying that we were not allowed to call him Baby Yoda oh. when we were when I was at Sideshow. They right. were like, you you will call him Grogu. Uh, no, because it was before the name. Oh. We had to call him the child. Oh, the child or right. the asset. Oh, the asset. Right. That was a weird. I was like some <laughs> some psycho <laughs> right there. The asset. But yeah, that was what we. And then when Grogu came out, and I was mm-hmm. like. I'm going to call him Baby Yoda, though. Yeah. I even was like, can we say, like, colloquially referred to as Baby Yoda? And they were like, you are not allowed to say those two words in that order. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that is a weird way for us to, to like, pretend. And I understand that Disney wants to, you know, Disney's like, don't, don't screw up RIP. It's right, not Baby sure. Yoda. Like, sure. it's Yoda's a different character, mm-hmm. which I understand. Yeah. Um. So uh, you do collect. I do. Uh, so what kind of stuff is in your collection? Um... Batman comics. I'm pretty obsessed with Harley Quinn. I've been actually a, a big fan of her character since the early 90s, since I was probably, you know, 12 or, or 13. I think maybe around that time is where I really fell in love with the whole Batman universe and just really, you know, fell in love with that whole world. Yeah, that design yeah. by Bruce Tim with it's the so creation great. with Paul Dini is really great. Yeah, yeah. So great. I've been finding myself accidenting my way into her first appearance. I have three copies of it. Oh, of Mad Love? Of Well, no, Batman Adventures number 12, oh. the one that came even before that. Yeah, um, very the, cool. And uh, it just, I sort of like accidented my way into yeah. two Lucky of you. those. It's, a, it's not a bad book to find. Even at, <laughs> even at a medium grade, it goes yeah. for like six to 800 bucks. So that's not so bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I I, uh, I love that character and and yeah so you you fell for that character almost immediately then absolutely I love the design and I, I love I'm a big fan of you know Bruce Timm's artwork obviously um, and just that drawing style really had a huge impact on me as a young artist too yeah that, that clean lines mm-hmm. of of Bruce Timm is is really great and of course you know we talk about it on Tom and Jeff watch Batman all the time <laughs> because we actually just fin- wrapped up um, the Justice League Unlimited cool. which is a continuation yeah. of that and uh her granddaughters, the Dee Dees, mm-hmm. uh, we just we just saw them in the episode that we covered, yeah. so that was really fun. So now, you do you collect X? Like, what would you collect? X Files is weird when it comes to merchandise. Yeah, I've got random things. I have um, some comics. I think that came out a, a long time ago. A couple of the there were some like novels that came out. Um, I have a bunch of the action figures as well. So anything that I can find, you know, online on eBay or sometimes I get stuff as gifts, I'll definitely hold on to it and keep it. Valerie Tossi collects them as well. And McFarlane had put out the the toys Mm -hmm. and they did them for the movie. I remember like that. And like they looked really great. And then they did a a retake of them. And the David Duchovny looks great. But the the Scully looks nothing like her. I don't and it's weird. She's ones. like, she's yeah. got like kind of like longish blonde hair. Yeah. Because it was that rough. But it like, it, it, I was like, who is this? It looks like a fringe action figure more mm-hmm. than, than an X-Files action figure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any of those actually. I have, I have a couple of the ones from the movie, the 1998 movie. Yeah. Fight the Future. That come with the yeah. alien. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Those were great. I remember mm-hmm. seeing that movie in the theater and it starts with, like a terrorist attack and mm-hmm. a, a, like a, a bombing right. in a, in a federal building. And you're like, like where is this going? Is, yeah, this what, is intense. What's happening? <laughs> then it got, it got strange. I've, I've, I have not watched the entire series. No, no, no. I never, I kind of fell off when I was younger 
And then when they added Robert Patrick, who I love, mm-hmm. but when they kind of removed the Mulder and Scully dynamic, I was like, eh. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I think my favorite seasons are kind of like one through seven, you know, are are the ones that I really tend to watch and and rewatch. I mean, seasons one through three are really lightning in a bottle kind of stuff there. I uh, remember I haven't watched the reboot or the re, not the re, but the sequel series, Mm -hmm. the the continuation. Uh, And mainly it was because the people that were X-Files fans that saw it like hated it mm-hmm. so i was just like eh i'm good yeah but then at the same time i like a lot of stuff that hardcore fans don't like i love the masters of the universe revelation mm-hmm. and uh you know it's nothing like the original cartoon because the original cartoon was kind of bad <laughs> it's cool animation yeah. i guess but you know nothing yeah. that i would classify as being yeah. like oh like this is really groundbreaking stuff yeah my favorite episodes were always the monster of the week ones. so there were a couple of the monster of the week episodes in in the new reboot series episodes that were 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 pretty good but i think overall yeah i i I don't know i mean i've always been more into the monsters than the the epic arc i think yeah (laughs) the epic arc is something that you have to have to be the glue to hold Mm -hmm. it together but you really like it's like a chocolate chip cookie you're in it for the chocolate chips but you couldn't just put those in the oven you have to have the the mm -hmm. boring part to hold it together yeah um the one that always struck with me, there's two of them that always struck with me. One is the one where the green bugs that would eat you in the oh, dark. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I think that, is it Darkfall? Or I forget that one. But uh, that's a great episode. Yeah, I like that one. A and lot. that was a season one episode, I think, wasn't it? Uh, maybe. I know I it's early. So. I know it was yeah, really early. Very early. Yeah. I like some of the the weird episodes too, like the ones with the to- the one with the toilet monster. That one's a favorite of mine. Is um, the fluky, the, the fluke, fluke man, yeah. yeah. Fluke I, I mean, that one that that that's considered like in it's, the upper echelon. Yeah, of, it's pretty great. And of course, obviously, you've got your tombs. Like you know, those are great episodes too. Or was it the one with the 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 circus freaks with the guy that had like Ooh. the basket case yeah. twin uh, yeah. with him? Yeah, that was freaky. That's a great one. I love that. I mean, it's obviously it's Val's favorite thing, so I'm like kind of immersed in it because of my mm-hmm. job. I have to know a lot about the X Files, mm-hmm. but I do come across a lot of like weird merch. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, here's this X-Files postcard book. Oh, cool. Yeah, I guess that's something that would exist, right? Of yeah. course it would. It was, yeah, sure, why not? It, you know, X-Files also came about during the collectibles era. Mm-hmm. So everything was made that was like, it's going to be worth money someday. Mm-hmm. And they weren't. No, and I have a couple of like the old trading cards they used to give out. I think when you would get the VHS, it would sometimes come with a trading card. I still oh, have yeah. all of those. There was a card game, too. Yeah. There was a like a Magic the Gathering kind of card game. I should look for that and make my boyfriend play it with me. <laughs> you can find it. I know you can find it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think you could get some at Blast from the Past. Yeah. I think they've had some there. So yeah, it's it sounds fun. It's around. I mean, it does. You don't know if it sounds fun. I didn't describe the gameplay oh, mechanics at all. If it has anything to do with the X Files, I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, boy, is that not necessarily true. I've, boy, have I been burnt by things that had a, that were connected to an IP that I loved that were just absolute dog oh, no. Where I'm just like, oh my God, this thing has Star Wars on it. And then I'm like, oh, everything has Star Wars on yeah, it. This is, true. I remember when like episode seven was coming out and they were like, we want to pick up these Star Wars tangerines. There's a Star Wars brand tangerines. And you're like, What? Yeah. BB-8. BB-8's on the tangerines. You've oh, got to get it. Yeah. Those tie-ins are sometimes a stretch. 
Yeah, you're like, hey, man, get that bag. But mm-hmm. it is weird. I love when people get a little bit weirded out by Star Wars when they're like, it's not as good as it was intended to be. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's it's your children's movies. Mm-hmm. I know. Let the kids have their fun. I mean, we had our fun growing up on stuff. You yeah. Know? like This is their time. That I've gone on record as saying this so much, but like... Yeah. You don't really love the stuff you grew up with so much as you loved not having to pay bills. <laughs> like Very that's true. like the things that you consumed when you had no worries. Right? That nostalgia, I think that's a definite, you know, tie into how we used to feel about things. Yeah, it's a hell of a drug. Yeah. Um, and so I, I definitely see that. And I am so guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Like I have so much stuff. Like I buy like He-Man toys and stuff and like I really like it. It's like art that reminds me of being a happy child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that does not mean that it is good. It just <laughs> means that it looks cool and I like the way it makes me feel warm oh, and yeah. fuzzy inside. I'm just going to eat those memories. Right? So I want to talk. Uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about, uh, about you and your work specifically. One is in the realm of animation and the other is in the realm of illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was researching you, and I want to talk about the illustration aspect first, because I feel like that's the first step you do before you get into the moving illustrations. So you have a couple of book series that you've worked on. They are definitely designed and intended for, uh, I'm going to guess, younger black girls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I... I- I um, definitely saw that there was a place in the industry and and the world for more representation when it comes to children's books and have been fortunate enough to have been offered these projects that I think hopefully will reach lots of children and and definitely make little black girls and little black kids feel seen because there are, you know, more books out in the world for children featuring main characters that are either trucks or cars or animals than there are children of color. So that was really important for me as, you know, representation being very important right now. First and foremost, very impressive work. Uh, as I look through it and I've, I've seen, obviously I've seen the books, um, I've flipped through them myself and everything like that. And you're right. It's so important and it's such an underrepresented group. And it seems that your career, you're being able to make a living doing the thing that you love while also doing something better for society, which is like really the triple crown of a career. Yeah, I feel very fortunate and, and humbled that I'm able to do what I do. You know, growing up, it was super important to me as I got older, seeing how few books I had as a child, you know, represented who I felt I was in my neighborhood and the kids that I knew. So I really wanted to make an effort when I started working to, to make a difference and change that. And I think you have. Um, because I want to take a look. At, I'm gonna I'm gonna describe some of these and talk about them. Now, uh, the first ones I want to talk about because they they're sort of outliers on that, but just the property that you're working with, the Disney Princess series you worked on, Ariel and the Sea Wolf, as well as The World Is Yours, um, which are two. I mean. I'm going to guess that The Little Mermaid was not something that you missed as a kid. Like, I'm pretty sure that was, like, right up your alley. Oh, yeah. I actually remember my dad taking me to see that uh, as a kid and the huge, huge impact that film had on me. It's pretty much really inspired me to become an animator, actually, because I just fell in love with the moving drawings and wanted to know how they made it, how they did it, you know, and be a part of that process, that the whole magic-making process. There is like, yeah, because when you look at it, it's what like the, they consider like the Little Mermaid to like the Lion King. Mm-hmm. That seems to be like the series of can't miss. Yeah, the Golden Age. The, the, the bangers new, of the new Golden yeah, Age, the new golden age. Uh, of Disney, right? Because you had Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. uh, Beauty and the Beast, 
Then you had uh, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had, uh, was it The Lion King right after Aladdin? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. And then 94. we saw the shift from there get pushed more towards sort of like uh, historical, you know, like you had Pocahontas, you mm-hmm. had Mulan, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. where they were taking more specific Mm-hmm. historical events and things and, and pushing those. But yeah, that, that golden age, you take those four movies from Little Mermaid up to The Lion King and it's they, they become this massive powerhouse of, of formative things. So I, I thought it was really interesting that you got to work on The Little Mermaid property. Yeah, that was huge for me. I just, I love the character so much. She really has this drive to explore and to go beyond what people think she's capable of and explored new worlds and so I think that was her character was always super inspiring to me as a kid so getting to illustrate her in this uh, graphic novel was a huge deal and I'm just super proud of the work um, that we were able to to do for that now as a follow-up you did a little golden book Mm -hmm. um, based on the life of Misty Copeland yes who is uh, a premier dancer Mm mm-hmm how do you work on something like that? Like, did you, have you met Misty Copeland? Did you get, how did it, how does that process work? Um, I was just approached by the publishing company and they were familiar with my work and asked me if I would be interested in illustrating this book about her life. And I was just floored because I've been a Misty Copeland fan since I was a little girl, you know, watching her grow up and follow her dreams was really inspiring to me. And I think we're pretty close in age. So, you know, when I was 13, seeing this girl who was 13, 14, just, you know, blowing everyone away with her talent was just something that um, really inspired me to push myself to be a better artist as well. So when I got the chance to illustrate this book about her, I I was just super excited and wanted that passion and and love for, um, you know, dance to come through in the book. When you were doing that, like how much of that was you studying the fluidity of that form of art while you're doing your form of art? Um, I did do a lot of research to try and get the dance poses correct. Um, I did not meet Misty in in person, but I heard that um, she and some other dance um, experts did take a look at the drawings to make sure, you know, the feet were in the right position. And I wanted to make sure I got it right. So any kid or anyone who would read it would would know immediately, Okay, that's, you know, this position, that position. Um, I did want it to be accurate. Was that stressful? Um, no, it was actually really fun. Okay. Because I'm a I terrible wonder... dancer. I'm a terrible dancer. So, <laughs> I, mean, I... <laughs> I mean, you don't have to tell me. I get it. Um, but I, it, was, it was fun to kind of to put how I wish I could dance into the book, I guess. So that was my way of dancing was through the pages. <laughs> I mean, that is. I, mean, you're, I always tell people that a lot. Yeah. Like art is such a yeah. different thing to be mm-hmm. able to invest your energy into. Yeah. And what, you know, my form of art, unfortunately, I think I have the least, uh, the least consumable form of art as far as like, I'm going to put this on my wall kind of Mm -hmm. a thing, like the form of performance art, like stand up comedy. That's so very in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you see, you know, like, cause a lot of my friends are, are physical artists. Mm -hmm. They, they draw for, for money for a (laughs) living and people pay them a lot of money so they can have something to put on their Mm -hmm. wall that they made for them. And I'm like, Man, I don't have a thing like that. Like, I guess maybe I could do like a podcast just for you, but even then it feels almost silly. But then I have to remind myself, like, no, then this is your art. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is the We're thing. We're all different you do. artists in diff- our own different ways. I mean, that's a really interesting subject to be able to get through. And, and you said that the publisher was sort of aware of your work. Mm-hmm. So it seems like 
and as we as we continue looking at this path that you have sort of given yourself this reputation as being somebody that is there to build up young black girls and mm-hmm. girls of color which i think is huge and i i hope you take a moment to think about how cool that is do you um <laughs> i should i mean i think i think it is definitely important to kind of reflect and reflect on the goals that you've achieved and and be proud of the work that you've done and um, that's something I'm tr- I try to be better about doing is is really appreciating the effort and hard work I've I have put into things and projects in the past. I think I tend to be like, okay, that was great, that was amazing. Like, what's next? You know. Really? But I think, <laughs> man, I think- I'm so I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, no more, no more. I'm done. Oh, I have to do another one, or else I don't eat. <laughs> From there, we get to there's three books here that they're thematically sync together mm-hmm. when we look at um the my baby love series yes uh with jabari asim mm-hmm. which is uh i think three or four books at this it's point it's three yes. three books yeah. and then you have shady baby mm-hmm. with gabrielle union new york times bestseller new york times bestseller <laughs> shady baby yes. with blown away by that and very very delighted to hear that <laughs> it's funny that if you weren't aware of like Instagram, Mm -hmm. you would be like, Gabrielle Union, remember her? Mm -hmm. She was in the, I think she was in like Bring It On or something like that. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if you go on Instagram, be like, oh, everybody remembers her. Because she has sort of had this really great uh, rejuvenated career Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and and incredibely talented. Um, And then then, um, Bubble Kisses with Vanessa Williams. So that is an incredible threesome of writers and creators to be working with than to have you work on that. So how does it, how does that happen? Again, I I know there's an easy answer, which is the publishers saw my work and they liked it and they wanted to pull me in. But is there anything about these specific uh, three authors that pulled you specifically into it that, that they were like, this is who I want? Um, I, I, and I think they found me either on Instagram or Twitter probably through the drawing wall black hashtag um, that went viral a while back. Um, so I think they were looking for, you know, some black creatives that maybe hadn't hadn't broken through to, to a big project yet. Um, and my work, I guess, popped up and it resonated with them. And I think our, our mission statement, our goals kind of aligned where we do want to make sure that every kid feels seen, every kid, kid feels represented. Um, and so I think... Our, I think our the stars aligned, you know, and, and we all kind of had the same ultimate goal. Does that ever like freak you out ever that you are you are co-creators of these projects with these people? Well, now it is. Because <laughs> it kind of should. Like, think about it. Like, <laughs> Vanessa Williams? <laughs> Colors of the Wind? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, like, uh, honestly, like, because that is a, I think, because like when you're working with you know, because Jabari Asim, by the way, he is a oh, he's a phenomenal, a, a incredibly prolific writer too. Mind, yeah, and so like, what what what's the collaboration when it work? When, well, and we can do independent individuals mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. in general. What's the collaboration process when you're working with people that are that are sort of that busy mm-hmm. and and intense and and constantly creating like. How much contact do you have with, say, Gabrielle Union or Vanessa Williams or Jabari? Um, actually, usually illustrators and writers aren't that much in contact. 
Um, I've, I think I've been in kind of an unusual situation where sometimes via Instagram you know, or email, I will or they will reach out, you know, to me and we'll have a quick chat or just say, hey, you know, I really enjoyed working on this project with you. But it really isn't there really isn't like a huge conversation that goes back and forth typically. Um, I usually just get, you know, the manuscript and I'm like, cool, thank you. This is awesome. You know, and then I do my sketches and send that in for approval and then I'll get notes back before I go to like a final line and final paint kind of thing. But there isn't a whole lot of contact. I mean, I usually, you know, Jabari, I think we've emailed back and forth a couple times and just been, and I've just gushed, you know, it's so great to work on a book written by you because they're awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Have you met? No, but I haven't, I haven't met really any of the authors I've worked with except for maybe one or two because I think they happen to be in Burbank, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, yeah, I wonder about that too where it's like, yeah. like, would you, would there be like a signing, a book right. signing event or something yeah, like exactly. that? exactly. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then you start to wonder, you know, what would, like would Barnes & Noble at the Grove yeah. having Gabrielle Union there and they're like, would they bring you on or would it be like... That would be cool. That but... would be cool. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would definitely go. <laughs> I mean, I would <laughs> hope so that would that because that, that is really interesting because yeah. it is such a collaborative work yeah. i see it in comics all the time mm-hmm. where you know the the co-creation is so very clear mm-hmm. that it's like oh it's not just one person that did yeah. this it is two people that work together mm-hmm. um and i'm going to assume that when it's somebody like a vanessa williams or a gabrielle union that they have a very specific goal that they want right exactly and in that case like the manuscript is pretty much finished like I I really don't have any input typically on the writing side of things Mm -hmm. I'm the visual only but man that's got to feel cool huh (laughs) very that you're 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 bringing these people's vision to Mm -hmm. literally their vision to life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um god that's cool Mm -hmm. um I I'm thinking about it and I, I I think about how I might be a bit intimidated by it but at the same time, like that satisfaction of having that thing when you're done. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. I, I really do. Because this is really, I'm fascinated by this. Um, what I'm going to do though is, I don't know if you know this, um, but uh, if you are listening to this for free, thank you for listening to this for free. I appreciate each and every one of you a whole lot. Uh, you know who I appreciate more, though, is the people that go to patreon.com slash Jeff May, and they get early, uncensored uh, access to these episodes with bonus content, blah, blah, blah. You guys know the drill. Uh, but also, if you uh, join the producer tier, I-, I, say, I say your name out loud, and it's usually whatever humiliating name you want me to say. Uh, and there are some of them. There are there are definitely some of them. So uh, I'm going to uh, give a massive shout out to uh, my producers. And again, if you want to go to patreon.com slash Jeff May, J-E-F-F-M-A-Y, one word, you could have your name read by me. So shout out to Aldo Vargas, Jared Ruiz, Nolan Void, Ricky Cilantro, Big Booty Boy, 42069. <laughs> also, we can react to this. You don't have to feel... You don't have to feel like I'm just reading names at you. We can make fun of these names. We can discuss them. We can have a blast. Or you can just watch me read names. It's all good. Shout out to the most well-prepared dead guy. Uh, I'll never understand that name, but I'll always respect it. Uh, Jumping rope, still a sport. Jeff not liking it, still a fact. Currently true. I messed my leg up, and uh, it's a problem. Because it turns out I am 40, and my body's like, eh, nah. So I went for a run yesterday and did like a a short one, a short one, short one. But it was after the I was spent the whole weekend standing up and yeah, and I had then done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mm-hmm. workouts. 
or no, I took even, I even took Tuesday off. Yeah. So I was like re behaving. Mm -hmm. I was like allowing myself to rest. And I went for a run. And then this morning I woke up and it felt like a crime. Oh, I'm sorry. And I went to the gym, started working out 15 minutes in. I was like, nah, I gotta go. Yeah. I like, I left the class and I was just like, I'll try to be here well, tomorrow. Good for but you to listen to your body. You kind of have to. You do have to. You it's do have to. Especially every day you get older. Yeah, at our big age, we need to. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, I was like, I was like, man, I should have paid more attention to the sunscreen song. Uh, when it, they told me to pay more attention to my knees and be nicer to them. Hmm. If you're younger, pay attention to your knees and be nice to them. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're going to miss them when they're gone. Yeah, that's why I like Pilates. Because like, you just lay down and then... And then out, destroy. But you're laying down. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of like pigeon stretches <laughs> and stuff. Like a lot of a lot of yoga, mm -hmm. a lot of yoga poses are are working their way into my day these days go. because of just the amount of tightness and lack of dexterity that I have mm -hmm. in my lower torso. Shout out to Bodacious Big Bad Bouncing Bollock Bonanza. Oh wow! Followed by Jennifer Fendelander. <laughs> sometimes people just use their real names, and sometimes people just want to make me look like a complete dip. And I'm fine either way. It's creative, though. I'll give it that. Uh, shout out to at AV Foundry, Patrick Dore, or Dore. I'll never get it right. And that's fine. You pay extra money. You can email me how to actually say the name. Shout out to uh, Bart Fartigan. Shout out to <laughs> cash prizes shouldn't be taxed like income. You're telling me. <laughs> Do you know how much money I have to put aside just for taxes? About 126 grand. What? Yeah. That's criminal. Except the fact that I also have the other amount left. Yeah, well. Which is still kind of kind of dope. Yeah. I'm not going to complain too much. Huey. Nerd numbers. Jeff has comely feet. I don't have ugly feet for a man who uses them a lot. It's weird. I feel I feel very blessed to have yeah. nice feet. Not nice in quotes. No, I'm not no, saying no, that. Fine. I'm not saying I have. I should be like a foot model, but I've seen what a lot of the people I went to high school with, what mm -hmm. their feet look like, and I'm like, how'd you let it get to? I'm like, I don't know how that happens. I don't know. Our bodies are all different. People are like, what do you do to your feet? I was like, I wash them sometimes. Yeah, just wash them, soak them a little bit. Yeah, nice like, little massage. Barely. <laughs> They're like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I run a lot. Oh. That's not good. But I'll see people that look like they have just like granite on their foot or something yeah. and i'm like, gonna get you a pumice stone mm -hmm. gotta exfoliate a little bit you gotta you gotta get that you gotta shred that off <laughs> andrew you don't even like batman mcguire rudy daft punk has an anime rueda well what what i mean the one more time video was anime wasn't it oh i guess i think it was because yeah. around the world because yeah. i know around the world was just them walking in like right, so, right, like right, things right. are rocking in circle god i love daft punk so good that's my my running pandora station is daft mm -hmm, punk really and it's also my pinball um the music i listen to when i play pinball oh. is a daft punk pandora station yeah, that's that's a good choice actually yeah that makes sense it's a boxing choice mm -hmm. my old coach mm -hmm. that's what he made me listen to really yeah because it was either that or disco oh and it was you know 2000 yeah so like the options were pretty clear about yeah. if i was going to listen to mm -hmm. electronic music it was like Daft Punk, Chemical Brothers, Crystal Method, Prodigy. Right. Like it was that very specific turn of the millennia yeah, electronic yeah. music that you think of. When I used to run, well, that was a long time ago. When I used to run, I would always listen to Aaliyah. That was like the only thing I could run to. Just one of them days. Yeah. I get it. Uh, Jeff hates competitive fun. You're going to get a lot of JHCF. You get it. You get acronyms. 
Shout out to Goji, Gregarious Gregorio. Odessan Molotov says, please support Ukraine. I've lost too much family already. Oh, sh That is dark for a comedy interview podcast. But hey, man, uh, I'm so sorry about that. And I, I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. Way to bring it down by telling us about the tragedies of existence. No, I, I hope everything's okay. Uh, Gerard Ruane, uh, Farty Marty tried Jeff's egg-based diet and all he got was this stupid nickname. You an eggs fan? It's a really divisive food. Uh, like chicken eggs? Yeah. They're, yeah. they're all right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Some people I mean, just medium on them. Yeah. I'm a big fan of eggs, but I know a lot of people, they don't like them. Yeah. It's a bummer. I get eggs from the farmer's market. They Ooh, are, now that I do get excited about farmer's market eggs. Those are good. The yolks are like oh, orange. Yeah. I mean, it looks like an orange, like literally they're, an orange. They're delicious too. Lisa Harden, our, our, our co-friend and, and my co-producer at Mint on Card, I I was like, I'm going to bring you some eggs mm -hmm. from the farmer's market, uh, the Larchmont farmer's market. She's like, they're just eggs. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And I brought them and she was like, holy shit. It's what it's like. What eggs should taste like? What yeah. they're supposed to taste like? Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, shout out to the guy who played JJ in Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Speak of the devil. Shout out to Lisa Harden, Lisa? Jessica Robertson, Silius Ruby, the Digital Phil, the Ghost of Dave Thomas, the Great Radvertising Scam, a Jeff May joint. That is a reference to the fact that I have a podcast coming out <laughs> called Radvertising, and it is taking me a while. I got to get Dan Cortez on that show. Mm. Really got to get him. He's a tough guy to nail down, though. Is he? He actually is. Uh, you wouldn't. You'd, you'd be like Dan Cortez. What's he been up to? Kind of a lot. Uh, busy B. Trying really trying to get him on there. Uh, shout out to Aaron Meyer. El Del, El Seldo asks, "Who's your favorite Robin?" Oh. Hmm. I gotta be honest. I I came up on Tim Drake. Hmm. Tim Drake was the Robin that I really I think resonated with the most. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Dick Grayson. Jason Todd, Tim Drake, uh, what was it? Stephanie Brown. I don't know if I really have one. I Damian Wayne. I honestly, I honestly haven't really thought about that much. I've, I've, I'm just so obsessed with Harley Quinn. I think that's kind of like where my thoughts usually go. It's like a mini Harley Quinn, then. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I hosted a panel with um, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda mm -hmm. Connor, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm some, you, you know Amanda Connor's work. During the panel, somebody had left some paper up there, yeah. and she just started drawing. And drew a Harley and Power Girl full 11 by oh, 17 wow. in color. What? And just gave it away at the at the panel. Oh, and there was like maybe 25 people yeah. at that panel. Yeah. And that's like a $2,000 piece. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's amazing. I was watching. I'm like, can I, can I have that? No, I'm working. Fair oh, enough. Oh, that's so cool though. But wow. Yeah, I was blown away. In Soviet Russia, we have cool Jeffs. Uh, it was me, Jeff. I've been giving you $10 a month since the beginning so you could afford more gas station Pop-Tarts, keeping you sluggish, just slow enough for me to steal Christmas. Oh, wow. Uh, gas station Pop-Tarts are my uh, one of my top um, road trip foods. Oh, okay. Do you have a thing like your gas station food? Um, I do. I like um, those like little cheesy puff things and coconut water. Coconut. Oh, I tried coconut water. I couldn't do it. I like the pink one. That one's my favorite. I, I don't know either. It's it's so thick yeah. to me. I'm like that's too much for me. I also like a pizzeria pretzel combo. Ooh yeah. That's a good. That's a mm -hmm. good one. The pizzeria pretzel combos. That's good. Uh, Cronenberger Meister Meisterburger. Where's Kloffel? It's my He-Man guy that I like. He's a lobster mm -hmm. man. 
Three Jacob Trenchleys, uh, Tremblies in a trench coat sneaking into an R-rated movie. Parker Aylesworth is not that tall. He has fake legs. Shout out to Christy Salinas. Shout out to Kale's only true purposes as the garnish at a 1996 Pizza Hut buffet. At the Pajamari on Instagram for pictures of my feet of strength. Shout out to Verbose Minimalist, Adam Warlock, he wants your soul, ass of bass. The local man, at Gavin underscore not with two T's. Jen, be earnest, enjoy what you love. Nicholas, personal pan pizza, Fabian. Several Pizza Hut references in this week's uh, yeah. episode. You is that what? What's your favorite garbage pizza? Ooh, just that's a good question. Um, I just love I love buffalo mozzarella, and then um, you're talking about basil. nice food. <laughs> Let me garbage rephrase: <laughs> If you had to go to a garbage chain, uh-huh. we're talking your Pizza Huts, your Papa Ginos, well, your I Papa John's. Pizza Hut. I mean, I think a lot of us did. It was Pizza Hut your, what yeah, you grew up with? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. We had uh, we came like our area. We didn't have a lot of chain pizza mm-hmm. places in our area, but we had a thousand Greek. Um, like I grew up on Greek pizza, mm-hmm. which is so different yeah. than the Italian style. Uh, it's it's weird because it's like pass, pressed cold dough mm-hmm. um, with that olive oil brush on the top, so it's like a very hard crust. Yeah. It's a More like it, a, f- a flatbread. It sounds like a flatbread. No, because a flatbread is usually like cooked in like the in the open, oh, okay. fl- on the like brick oven style. Yeah. Flatbreads tend to be more brick oven. This is like, it's like a it's like if you were to draw a cartoon slice of pizza mm-hmm. and then turn that into real pizza, mm-hmm. it would look like okay. this with like a firm like the crust is like a it's like a how to describe it when you're done with the crust it's it's like rock solid with mm-hmm. some soft dough in the middle mm-hmm. and some okay. people really prefer it but it's yeah. it's definitely not a style of pizza that most people mm-hmm. prefer if you were to if you were expecting pizza and you got greek pizza you might be a little bummed oh okay michael wells watch and clippy are jeff's closest friends jeff may convince me to quit twitter and you should quit too because it's awful fair Paul Dano's first official credit is in a failed pilot called Sensei Rainbow and the Dojo Kids. That's cute. Learning shit every day. <laughs> Jocular, haggard, cantankerous fool. That's a JHCF. Uh, show me in the rules where it says a dog can't play basketball. Gray man of the nightmare potluck. Everyone is welcome at the table. Jeff using deep blue sea memes to break bad news. Tyler Wilgus asking seven. In the time since he changed his name on this document, Jez Butt has a kid, had a kid, got a new job, and got COVID. Oh wow, that's a lot. Jez, I feel like you got to update this. this is, you've, you've had that. I think you're, you've gotten rid of your COVID by now. Hopefully, unless the, the worst case scenario happened, yeah. and that's why the name wasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Did you get COVID at all? I don't think so. I've, I've been tested a couple times, and it was yeah. always negative. So fingers crossed. I went through an anxiety spiral before the game show and I thought I had it the day before I was supposed to fly out Mm because I test and I tested negative and I was like, oh, all right then. Oh, good. Well, that's good. I guess I just convinced myself I had COVID. Yeah. But then I did get it from my mom. Oh, no. Thanks, mom. My stepdad after I was like, really, he's like, I don't know how you guys do it in LA, but uh, it's not that big a deal out here. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, that's why I got it, you son of a bitch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it not a big deal? Because that is literally why I have COVID now. Yeah. I test negative. I tested negative before I got on the plane. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning I tested positive. 
Ugh, yeah. I feel pretty guilty about that. But nobody was in my row mm-hmm. and I never took my mask off. Well, yeah. I mean, all you can do is do your best, I guess. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like ashamed at first when I got it or more. I was more angry about it because yeah. like of it was like my family's recklessness and denial sure. that got me into it. But at the same time, I'm like. Well, it's still freaky. I mean, people are still, you know, really struggling with it. Some people are still really, really sick and taking yeah. a long time to recover. So, I mean, it is still a yeah. serious problem. <laughs> I, I kind of like, are we just going to all, is it always going to exist now? Like, is it just going to keep mutating forever? That's so weird to me. Shout out to Kimball, the casual Frankenstein, the target loss prevention officer currently hunting Jeff. I shoplift peanut M&Ms every time I go to Target. <laughs> I think I heard that. I do do that. Yeah. yeah. It's I've, fun. Yeah. It's a little fun. Yeah. So chaotic. Okay. Yeah. Respect. Why not? Respect. It's my tax mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. They get my money. I get a little something back I think back they're in doing return. okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my points system. That's my like rewards, mm-hmm. my Target rewards. Mm-hmm. You want a bag of M&Ms? And then I eat them at the movies. Yeah. See, there you go. There it is. I took it to uh, Top Gun yesterday. Oh. I saw Top Gun in the Dolby before they took yeah. it out for Jurassic Park. How, what did you think? Did you like it? So good. So good, right? Like every piece of hype that you have heard of Top Gun is it's correct. True. And also probably don't join the military. But yeah, because uh, it is a huge recruitment tool. But that yes. movie, not an ounce of fat on it. So good. So good. Just, just a... God, it was... Between that and everything, everywhere, all at once. Those I still are, have to see that one. Oh, yeah. you got it. I've heard that one's phenomenal. Those are my two favorite movies of the year. Cool. Um, which is weird because they're so diametrically opposed <laughs> existence. Because uh, Top Gun is such a big budget, mm-hmm. silly thing. And then you have this weird art house pseudo kung yeah. fu film. It's like, yeah, existential, yeah. like it's cerebral great. kind of film. Yeah. Definitely check it out. Uh, shout out to Steven, Mr. Billy Beck, Cody Beck. I love that a married couple and they each are individual. Um, that's good. That seems like competitive. That seems like they're trying to be like one up each other on donating to me, which is the best way you can try to one up your <laughs> yeah. spouse. Uh, shout out to Mike Gouts, Lisa McCarty at Comics Book Girl, comics with an X and girl with a U. Aeschylus and his tortoise. That is a question that I got wrong on the game show. Uh, Dr. DNA, Thor, creature, feature. Creature Fator. Long story behind that one. Mm-hmm. The scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. I'm never going to have a history podcast, you little sh- So stop asking. Advertising, uh, technically a history podcast, I guess. Mackenzie Sisyphus may be happy, but he's in a CrossFit, so f- chill. Instagram and Twitter's Bob underscore of underscore skull. Bring back Pepsi Blue. Do you know what, what what's Pepsi Blue? Was it like Blue Raspberry or something? If that's the case, whoever wrote this yeah. is disgusting. Yeah, that was a, a very popular flavor. Yeah, it's a berry-flavored soft drink, uh-huh. a berry cola fusion. That's from 2002 to 2004. I was going to say, sounds like early 2000s. Short window there. Yeah. That is a very short window for a very specific reason. Oh, it looks like they got it back. They brought it back in 2021, so I guess they did bring it back. But should they have? Was there a soda that you love that doesn't exist anymore? No, because I like normal flavors, like 7-Up. 7-Up, yeah. <laughs> Lyman. Classic Lyman yeah, flavor. Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> I used to be a big Sprite guy 
Um, and then just Dr. Pepper took over. Mm. If I'm ever going to drink soda, it's going to be a Dr. Pepper. Really? Unless I have no other option to drink any. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you're at someone's house and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they don't even have water. So you're like, well, I guess I'm having a Diet Coke. Yeah. Well, oh. and I, I'm old now, so I like ginger ale. So that's my... Oh, look at that. Without even having a tummy ache. <laughs> I'm going to have a ginger ale. I'm going to have a ginger ale. Uh, I'm going to have a ginger ale sober. I'm going to have a, a nice little ginger ale. With no re- no medical reason for me to have it, that is straight. That's a weird. <laughs> I think it was because like it was a comfort drink when I was a kid. Because you know you're sick, you're at home. You know you get your your saltines yes. and your ginger ale and your chicken soup. With saltines, right? So yeah. I think it's like a nostalgic beverage. For Whenever me. <laughs> I come out of a like a fluish situation, mm-hmm. like any time where it's like I don't eat for uh, the first thing I do is eat a sleeve of saltines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I don't know what it is. It. It's just like. Mm-hmm. It's just like I need this mashed up white paste mm-hmm. with salt on it, and then solidified in. Mm. Yep, I love a saltine. A little saltine ball in your tummy. Saltines with butter. Mm, I gotta try that. A little, little butter and a little extra okay. salt on your salt. Yeah. And then what was the other thing? Oh, my mom used to do this trick where she would put um, chocolate frosting on a saltine, hmm. like and salty it, sweet, and it tasted like peanut butter cups. Really? Because the salt from the oh, cracker. Yeah. Okay. And like that, that kind of, so it would like yeah. mix in and it would taste like a peanut butter cup. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to try that. Try that. Chocolate frosting on a saltine. Okay. Or don't try that. <laughs> no, I'll try anything with chocolate on it. We, we grew up with not a lot of money. So there was a lot of like jury rigged foods mm-hmm. that we would eat together where I'd be like, oh, did you ever have, you know, peanut butter on a hot dog bun? And everyone's like, no. But that's where like that creativity, that's where like the delicious recipes come from. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, we would figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I used to like, I used to throw the weirdest. I, I would do like things like I would take a spoonful of peanut butter or I'd make a peanut butter sandwich and then sprinkle hot cocoa powder on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It wasn't good. <laughs> really? I no, because it, it was be. just like powder. Oh, okay. You're eating like, yeah. it would be like eating chocolate flour. Like it's not what you would expect it right. to be it's 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 like the cinnamon challenge of sandwiches oh okay yeah i can see that I dries guess. out your existence um shout out to lemming malloy norm from cheers burrito mouth dan hackroyd and hey as long as we're bringing back pepsi blue let's bring back the bigfoot from pizza hut <laughs> remember the bigfoot pizza i don't actually it's just like a big giant square okay and they were like, it's huge. Yeah, like family size. And we were all just like, yeah, but you could have. It's not like that big a feat. You guys work here. You can make as big a pizza as you want. Yeah. You do whatever. I remember the Bigfoot pizza. Mm. Everyone check out the 1994 comedy Twin Sitters, the 90th movie ever made. Shout out to the Itty Bitty Millie Committee. Pity the fool that. It still feels like an un, unfinished name, but that's fine. And finally, Kelly says, get your booster, you gaslighting dip turds. Uh, and I agree, everybody. Mm-hmm. Get your get I your like booster if you haven't. Yeah, it's yeah. a good it's a good solid finish to get that booster in there. Again, if you like that, uh, if you like if you want to be a part of that, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash Jeff May, where you can get early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content, and we can even say your name on here. That's very exciting. Now, I, I want to talk about uh, animation specifically. Uh, you worked on a show. Uh, relatively recently mm-hmm. came out called The Proud Family. Mm-hmm. It, uh, or excuse me, The Proud Family Louder and Prouder. Yes. Because this is a sequel or a continuation mm-hmm. of a 20-year-old series called mm-hmm. The Proud Family, mm-hmm. which came out from around the same time as Pepsi Blue. <laughs> 
that is absolutely correct. Um, yeah, we uh, <laughs> had a fantastic time. I was directing on the Proud Family Louder and Prouder reboot. It's actually airing on Disney Plus right now. It uh, sure is. You can check it season out. Season one is up, and they're amazing, and we had a fantastic time, and we hope everyone loves it as much as we loved making it. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, as the complete opposite demographic for who this is intended. In well, we hope every, it's for everyone. In every way. Like this is, yes, I understand that you do hope it's for everyone, but this is clearly a show for uh, black families, for, uh, but not necessarily black. I mean, the family, of course, is black and that allows people to sort of, but, but like a very diverse group of friends group. Uh, it is a delight. It is incredibly fun, funny, clever, witty, progressive, uh, which I really, I found very refreshing um, because it does sort of, uh, it addresses without going so far, it's not aggressive about it. It's just people exist mm -hmm. in this world and people are allowed to exist in this world. And it's not weird that they exist in this world. And I found myself in doing my research and watching the show, really enjoying it. It is funny. There's a Bebe's Kids reference, which, <laughs> I mean, come on. I love that. I love that movie. Oh as yeah, kid. that was such a fun movie, and I, that was a, a huge impact on me too. Growing up watching that, and then getting to work with with um, Bruce Smith, of course, obviously, as somebody I've looked up to for many many years, having um, the opportunity to work with him on Proud has been incredible as well. The, I mean, I mean, the best way to describe it, it it is a it's essentially a animated sitcom. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, if I if I were to easily describe of of a of a young girl who is in middle school. Uh, it's like her, it's like, I think the pilot takes place on like her first day of like eighth grade or something like that. And it's about her discovering that she's going through all these changes and her friends are too. Um, and it sort of is a continuation of when the character was much younger in the original series. Um, yeah, it's a, definitely a follow up to the original series. We bring back, you know, many of the original characters, um, and they have, uh, new adventures in, 2020 2021 so it's kind of a modernized take on you know the storylines and characters it's from so so funny yeah. um there's this brilliant scene in episode I, it's either two or three like a prince reference oh yeah that, that was the episode i directed one of the okay yeah <laughs> okay so because that that scene is so good and i don't want to know how they got the rights to do when doves cry because that's incredible mm -hmm. like that must have been i mean obviously i you know i understand ndas and things and you, what you can't and don't would rather not talk about and stuff like that but when i was watching that i was like oh they got this song uh you guys got to do a little thing with when doves cry and i was like man that is cool that must have been one heck of a ask uh from the script uh to be like can we get this and and I would I would have loved to have seen the legal aspect of that, which obviously I don't think you're in any way sort of. Yeah, me too. <laughs> in that aspect, um, but like that that was so impressive and so fascinating. Uh, I've really really enjoyed the show. Um, if you have young children, I would absolutely suggest it. But my main question is, what does an animation like? How do you direct animation? I'm not. I don't understand. I know what a director does mm -hmm. when you Spielberg. I get the idea, the gist of a man sitting in the chair and, and having the camera set up and having an AP. Like I, I, I get that because I think we've seen that. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in film and in te television. We've seen what what they what 
uh, live action directors do. What's what is the job of an animation director? Well, it can vary, you know, from production to production. But I can say, you know, for us, I was given a script basically, and it was a you know a finished script and just reading through it and becoming very familiar with every page, kind of front to back, until it was sort of you know a part of my soul and a part of my brain. So I knew the script back and forth. And then I would break down that script with my board team, um, kind of going scene through scene, you know, what character's doing what, you know, in, in that way, it's kind of like live action sometimes where you're like, okay, I need to give this character some business so they're not just talking heads, yeah. they're not just standing Board here. team is storyboarding. Yes, Okay. correct. Um, so, you know, we kind of figure out, okay, what's the action here? You know, is the character making a cup of tea, for example? And I think that's something that kind of can be similar um, to live action, obviously, and all of these little things need to serve the story and need to be character driven. So we keep that in mind as well. Um, but so yeah, so I'm working closely with my board team, my board revisionists to bring this, you know, story to life. And, and hopefully, um, you know, it's a fun and inspiring story and will make the audience either laugh or cry or, you know, feel connected to these characters in some way. And I'm also working closely with the art director. We had a fantastic art director. Um, shout out to Eastwood. Um, but just working with the... Wow, you got Clint Eastwood? <laughs> he does everything, man. <laughs> this is another phenomenal no. Eastwood. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, he's he was really great. And um, just figuring out, you know, the lighting for each scene, um, you know, making sure that all of the, the characters that we needed to design were designed. Um, his, you know, his color styling and, and um, just beautiful, beautiful choices he's, he's made that really serve the story. Um, so just kind of working together as a team and, and trying to make the best show we can make. The style is very interesting mm -hmm. in the show. And, and it reminds me of a much more polished. And when I say reminds me of, I'm not saying like spiritually, but visually. I don't know if you remember the show uh, because it didn't necessarily look great at the time. But what stuck with me. I see in that is did you, did you ever see Hammerman when you were when you were younger the MC Hammer cartoon it was oh, very angular yes i remember that and oh, wow. and some of the animation was a relatively it was saturday morning cartoon it was a little bit clunky but i always remember mm -hmm. that it was very angular and mm -hmm. very um very stylized very stylized yeah. and i think when i was a kid i didn't you know you don't necessarily appreciate unique style the same mm -hmm. way when you're a kid you like you're like your macaroni with butter mm -hmm. and you want it mm -hmm. everywhere you go so it's not that much different and that's a lot of like when you look at the cartoons i grew up on it's like he-man and thundercats and gi joe it's all like the same guy in a different mm -hmm. outfit you know kind of a thing um that to see something that stylized um and then i see some of the energy in that of course being its own thing but it did remind me of mm -hmm of something in animation, uh, it, it brought me back to that mm -hmm. and, and gave me more of a respect for taking that visual style mm -hmm. and that animation has really grown, especially in the last 20 years. Yes. Is there a style that you, I would say not counting the style of the proud family. So we can, we'll pull that one mm -hmm. out because obviously that's the easy answer is like, yeah, that's the style. Is there a style of animation? Like what animation did you grow up on that really sort of influenced you specifically? We'll I'll, I'll pull Disney out and I'll pull <laughs> and I'll say we, we won't talk about the proud family. Um, 
Well, I would definitely say the Batman animated series had a huge impact on me. Bruce Timm's work and, you know, Mad Love was one of my favorite comics uh, growing up. And mm. I have a collection of Batman comics now. Um, Which, you know, what, like, what do you... Uh, I actually got, <laughs> I got a huge... Um, bunch of them from a friend of mine actually so i'm still kind of going through them and like finding little gems and it there's there's a lot i can also help you by the way if you you ever if you ever need help like absolutely feel free to let me know yeah i would appreciate it ken if you're listening uh thank you so much i'm still going through all those comics shout out to ken Shout out! Shout out to oh, to our friend Ken. Yeah, is college. Ken like a collector, or did he work he's with? A, he's a college buddy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. is, does he work in, in illustration and animation? Yeah, he's a as storyboard well? artist. Oh, perfect! Yeah. Shout out to Ken. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Have you worked with Ken before? No, but someday that would be dope. Yeah, I think you could be able to do that, yeah, right? That'd be really fun. I think as you push forward and work more into the directing with mm-hmm. animation, you do get more of a decision on who you work with. Is that right? So, yeah, and you definitely have the people that you want to keep in your inner circle that, you know, inspire you and hope that you inspire them and kind of have that great connection and a common goal. Like Ken. Yeah. And that yeah. common goal is Batman. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, okay, so uh, you, these Batman, so yeah. Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. anything else? Oh, yeah, I'm a huge Mary Blair fan, too. I think most people that know me know that I am just completely inspired by her, also hugely inspired by Ivan Earl. Um, both of them were artists in their own right, but also very uh, prolific artists at Disney. I know we were supposed to take Disney off the table, but I just can't. Yeah, well, because it's funny because you're giving the names of of specific animators, yeah. and I don't think anybody listening to this other than Ken uh, is really going to be like, oh, totally. Like, um, give me like a property whose animation style really speaks to you. Um, we got Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, are there other properties that really formed you? And even even at a younger age, you know, mm-hmm. if, if there was like, a, you know, I just I really dug Garfield and Friends or something, you know, like some people you'd be surprised what what shapes people uh, into um, doing the things that they love. I remember a friend of mine was talking about um, the being inspired to draw by the Beetlejuice cartoon. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's that was a cool show. It was a cool looking show, too. Yeah, yeah those designs were great. Um, I remember loving uh, Roger Rabbit growing up, too. Oh, right. Um, there were some really Chip fun and Dale. styles there. Not yet, the new actually. one. It's Not great. Yet. Yeah, it's really great. It's on Disney Plus. You should get a you should get a Disney Plus account. Believe me, I <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have one for sure. Yeah, it's in my queue. I just haven't gotten to that one yet. It's definitely yeah. worth the two hours. Yeah, okay. it's really fun. Cool. I remember as a kid for Christmas in like 1988. My mom found me a Roger Rabbit plush. Oh, nice. And she was like, I had to hide it in my jacket while I was shopping because people were like, it was like the Cabbage Patch oh, doll yeah, of the time. Oh, yeah, ticket item. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I kept it for a long time. Yeah. I loved that thing. Yeah. God, Roger Rabbit was so good. That was such a great film. I think that was the first movie I saw, and I, I was probably like six or seven, when I went, and I went home and was like, I need to draw these characters. And I just remember trying to draw like Jessica Rabbit. Just, you know, as like a six-year-old kid, like, wow, that was like the coolest, most beautiful like character I think I've seen. Same, but for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe we had different, uh, we had ulterior uh, motives. To, know. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, yeah, that that's a, yeah, that, God, Roger Rabbit was so good. Yeah. I really liked that a lot. So uh, that being said, too, I know uh, I know I can't keep you for too much longer. We're going to keep you for a little bit of bonus content after the episode. 
Um, but here's what I will say. Uh, if everybody, uh, you should definitely check out the proud family. Uh, if you know any, uh, if you know any young children, uh, definitely check out, uh, and you can, you can get, uh, shady baby, the baby love series, bubble kisses, and the, uh, little golden book of Misty Copeland and Disney princess, Ariel and the sea wolf and the world is yours. You can Google any of those books. They're all fantastic. Uh, Tara, you really knocked it out of the park with those. Just, oh, just murdered so it. It They're was so good. a joy to be a part of. Um, you can check out TaraNicoleWhitaker.com, and that's Tara Nicole, uh, Tara Nicole, excuse me, uh, spelled the way that you would guess. And then Whitaker is W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R.com. Like Forrest, but no relation, probably. Just like Forrest. No, you, and I don't uh, know. <laughs> not even close. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Um, you can, uh, find you on Twitter at Nicole Desine, uh, which is a wonderful French reference that I appreciate, right? Cause yeah. it's Nicole draws, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're uh, the only one who ever noticed that maybe, I don't know. Nobody's ever said anything. So who knows? I like to just brag about how I learned a useless language. <laughs> Everyone else learned Spanish in high school and it's so usable and I learned French and I'm like, well, now people can know I'm an ass. <laughs> Uh, and Desine is D-E-S-S-I-N-E. And, uh, of course on Instagram, which is probably, I would say the best, uh, way to access your work as well would be at Tara Nicole, uh, Tara Nicole Whitaker, T-A-R-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R. Is there anything else we should be on the lookout for or anything that I missed? Uh, I do have a new book coming out in August called Shady Baby Feels. It's the sequel to the first Shady Baby. I'm so very excited about that. With Gabrielle Union again? Yes. Oh, wow. That is exciting. Yeah. And now we got to set up like a signing at the at the Grove. Oh, my gosh. I'd love that. We should do that. Yeah. We should contact uh, the Grove. I'll, who, just, I'll just call Gabrielle. It's cool. who, who owns the Grove? Kidding. Oh, never mind. It's, a, <laughs> it's Rick Caruso. Never mind. Rouge. Um. He's a bad, for those of you that aren't in California, he's a very bad man mm. that ran for office out here and lied about who he was and paid a lot of money for ads. Uh, yikes. He's a bad dude. Um, but definitely, uh, so we get that book coming up in August. You know, is it available for pre-order right now? It or? is available for pre-order, yes. Go go to anywhere but Amazon and pre-order mm-hmm. that book. Uh, if you have to go to Amazon, <sighs> fine. But I'd prefer it if you didn't. Same. Let's put less money in Jeff Bezos's pocket and more in the pockets of small independent bookstores. Uh, the spend the extra seventy nine cents on the book to put it into places that aren't going to get closed down by a megalomania megalomaniacal billionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, that was that was weird. I got I went on a soapbox at the end there because my name is on the podcast and I could do whatever the hell I want. Heck yeah. We're going to come back. Uh, for those of you that are uh, on the Patreon, we're going to do a little bonus content. Uh, we're going to talk some more about your fandoms and the stuff that you like, uh, including a very specific one that your one of your profile pictures references. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, and on top of that, if you enjoyed this show, like I said, if you were listening for free, check out patreon.com slash Jeff May. Join for a month and quit before you have to pay and see if you like it. You know what? I'd appreciate that. Um, you can also check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. You can also check out Unpopular Opinion and You Don't Even Like Sports, a sports podcast for people who don't like sports, both on the Unpops Network. You can find me at Hey there, Jeffro, on Twitter and Instagram. You cannot find me on Facebook because I don't want you to find me on Facebook. Leave me alone. That's for my parents to say stupid to me. 
I love each and every one of you, and I so greatly appreciate everything. If you are in the Burbank area and you want to go to Mint on Card, we are the second Friday of every month at Blast from the Past on beautiful Magnolia in Burbank. Tara, you're there every once in a while, right? Yes, my dog and I uh, love to go. We, we try not to miss it if we can. And your dog is such a cool name. Wesley. We'll talk more about that as well <laughs> after the break. Uh, so uh, for those of you listening for free, thank you so much, and I'll see you in two weeks. Uh, For those of you on the Patreon, uh, we'll talk in several seconds. Hey, everyone. Our artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as artnessbyjustinbrown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nababon, available at Troy Nababon on Instagram, as well as at troynababon.com. Nababon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy, does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.